everybody, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite Swimbait Podcast, Scales and Tails Podcast, episode 70. We're, we're really closing in on episode 100, and uh, actually we're recording this uh, exactly a year ago today when the first episode with uh, with Trevor was posted up. So, you know, 70 episodes in a year is not too bad. But anyway, we are joined today by, uh, by a guy who I'm sure you guys have either seen his stuff on YouTube, uh, seen his stuff on Instagram, because... He kind of he kind of runs a bait shop, so you guys a, a swim bait bait shop even, so you guys might know who I'm talking about. I am talking to Mr. Art, uh, Mr. Austin Neely. No, 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 Neary, 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 Neary. Oh my gosh, dude! I told you, dude. I I don't know what it is. I get to talking and like I have it. I like I I run their name how I think it's through my head until I get them on, and then they tell me and I'm like okay, that's not that's not hard. And then I get on here and I just start talking and just everything just leaves my brain before I can start start formulating my sentences. It's all good, man. But uh, so we have Mr. Austin on tonight, who is the guy behind Dreamcatchers Fishing. I'm sure you guys uh, are are at least familiar, if not completely aware, uh, what what that is and what Austin does, but. We'll uh, we'll let in, uh, we'll let Austin introduce himself and then we'll get right into it. Yeah, so I'm Austin. Uh, you know, been a big bait guy now for a decade, which is crazy to think about. Man, time absolutely flies when you're having fun. But yeah, I started out. You know, I was born in South Carolina. Uh, grew up on Lake Wiley, little Allison Creek, and then uh, loved fishing. My dad would take me fishing while I was a little boy. And then he got a job transfer and ended up moving to Maryland. And then uh, I ended up fishing the Chesapeake Bay, Potomac River. And I had this crazy fishing guru neighbor named Epic Eric, Eric Galasso, uh, who I don't know if you're familiar with, but man, he's just an absolute wizard. He's like a just a crankbait junkie, someone who just has a ton of knowledge of the industry and Anyways, I was a really good baseball player. I played all through high school. I was Maryland Gatorade Player of the Year, uh, high-round draft pick out of high school, opted to go to college. I ended up getting hurt in college and didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, man. I'm like, I hated school. The only reason why I was in school was to play baseball. But the college fishing thing was was kind of happening, and the national championship was on Lake Chattoog, which is just 45 minutes from the university, about 45 minutes from where I live now. And uh, I'm like, well, if I stay in school, you know, I'm going to start the college fishing team. And there's a ton of lakes locally that, uh, that you know, like, I think there's a, a swim bait bite going on. And I went home and I told my dad, I said, hey, I think I want to start a guide business. And he's like, cool, man. And uh, I remember going down the road and talking to Eric Galasso, Epic Eric. And he goes, he goes, dude, there's these guys down there filming this movie called Southern Trout Eaters. And I was oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the Southern Trout Eaters. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, tell, you know, like tell me about it. And he's like, look at look at the preview, and he just showed me these guys throwing big Huddlestons. Uh, really, it was like Hudson Triple Trout. Those were like the only big baits back then, and they were smashing giants. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, that that's the lake that's like 25 minutes from my university. I'm like, I was just on it last week, and he's like, no way. And I said, yes, dude. So. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to get a couple of these swim baits and I'm going to go back down. Well, I ended up, you know, doing exactly that. They ended up filming that video and then they kind of pieced out. They left town. All the guys that filmed Southern Trout Eaters kind of left and did their thing. And really what I noticed was in the mountains of Western North Carolina, upstate South Carolina and North Georgia, there was just a ton of vacation rentals on these lakes 
and nobody was servicing the people who were coming up on vacation wanting guides on the lakes like in the mountains trout fishing is the big thing but nobody was taking people out on the lakes for guiding i'm like oh my gosh there's a hole in the market and i'm going to start my guide business so i started the college fishing team while i was in college i started my guide business while i was in college and i really didn't know what i was doing but i ended up booking like 200 trips my first year and i'm like holy cow this is awesome i like like i said i mean i had no idea what i was doing i was charging like 300 bucks a trip which you know you do the math on it between losing lures gasoline line insurance tires i'm like i'm like losing money but you know i'm a college kid with some cash in the pocket feeling like a stud and i'm (laughs) like you know i'm doing it but uh you know i was like let me really dive into my costs and so forth so i'm like all right i think i need to go up on my prices i I started doing a little bit more marketing strategy and some other things. And uh, I realized I'm like, wow, I really think I have a business here. I went from like 200 trips the next year. I did 300 trips. I'd went up on my prices uh, like by $200, which might sound like a lot, but I was just like, now I was at industry standard for guide trips. And uh, I'm like, holy cow, like I'm making some money and I'm doing well with it. And once again, I just, I kind of kept doing this through college. And then uh, I graduated from the university and was like, man, I have this kind of cool guide business, but you know, like, I don't want to be a fish bum. I, I, you know, I always have been an entrepreneur. I've, I've always tried to start little businesses and own little businesses. So for me, I was like, you know, I, I want to fish for a living, but I just don't think it's realistic to make like good money as a guide. It's nice to make a lot of cash, but you tend to be like cash heavy and kind of, I mean, seriously, just like I know a lot of guys that are just straight up fishing bums. They're guides and they just they just live poor lives, like just being 100% honest with you. Yeah. Well, I started looking at the cost structure of my business. and I'm like, all right, well, not only cost structure, like what what's costing me the most, but also like what are problems that I'm running into? And I'm like, all right, well, all the baits I'm using, whether it's a mega bass, whether it's uh, you know, Huddleston's, whether it's a depth, what, whatever these premium Japanese baits are, and then like big swim baits, like I can't get them but online. So I said, I'm going to start a premium tackle shop in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And I tell people all the time, there's not much to do where I live other than catch fish, uh, hunt, have sex, smoke meth, and uh, hike. Those are like the five things you do. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, people, there's a ton of people that fish. So, and like the, all, not all of the people, but a lot of these guys are kind of like old school, like, man, I throw a Zoom lizard. And I was winning a lot of tournaments and a lot of people were like, who the heck's this guy? And I'm like, man, here's a hole in the market again. There's no premium tackle shop. I can lower my cost on my guide trips because I can get my get my lures and stuff at cost. I can mm-hmm. have the publicity of the guide service play off the tackle shop and the tackle shop play off the guide service. And uh, I started doing that. We started Dreamcatcher's Fishing Supply uh, three years after I formed Dreamcatcher Guides LLC. And, uh, you know, it was just like everything. A lot of people were like, uh, some people knew who I was and I had a little bit of following, but we started doing the YouTube channel. I started using that as our marketing platform and, uh, man, it really just, it really just grew and grew and grew. And, uh, you know, the first few years in the tackle shop, I'm like, golly, this industry is really tough, but we just continued to double down on, on guiding and YouTube content and trying to educate customers. And, you know, I think, uh, and you're young. Uh, I've been in this industry for a while. 
I'm pretty good friends with Ben Milliken. I'm, I'm good friends with a lot of successful guys in this industry and a lot of guys, we all have the same thing in common and it's, we've, we found success purely through not quitting. Yeah. When you, do, when you just push every freaking day in day out, man, there's a lot of people that'll hate your guts. And what they have is they have that kind of, it's not that they dislike me. It's that they, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a reality check to their dreams they had that they never had the balls to go pursue. Does does that make sense? No, dude. Yeah, they're mad at you that you took the chance and you that's, stuck with it that, through thick that's, and thin. That's that's exactly right. And it was like I, I, dude, I never once like I've ever focused on me. Like all, like I tell people, the, the fish that we catch, they're not even my fish. I hate when guys are like, "Oh yeah, that's my bite." I'm like, dude, no, it's not your bite. This is public <laughs> water. Like yeah. these fish are like meant to have fun, make dreams, make memories. And uh, anyways, I, that dude, I just really, I'm really, really passionate about seeing people succeed in, in catching their dream catch. I mean, that's literally when I think of my brand dream catchers, dude, I just desire to see people have dream catching experience, whether it's making a memory with their son, catching their PB, having the best day of fishing ever. And my, my guide shop, our brand embodies that we want to see customers have success. Uh, our guide business, dude, we want to see people catch giants. We want to see people make memories. I mean, that is it. Like everybody has a dream catch and we aspire to help people do that. So, you know, I've just, I've just really like, I've just kept pumping that. Like, man, I care about you. Like I'm, I'm not doing this to prove I've got bigger balls than you. Like I'm, I'm doing this because I genuinely want to see you succeed. And, uh, dude, it just took a long time. And, and then people were like, damn, this guy really just cares about me. Like he cares about my fishing. He cares about my success, you know? And, uh, I always try to have a positive outlook and, you know, I just, like I said, man, I just really care about serving people. And, uh, dude, it's just been a blessing, man. We, we went from just, you know, having tackle to then all of a sudden we started doing marine electronics installation and full scale riggings. Uh, so anyways, we, we do a little bit of everything now and uh, I'm working on another business, which I might drop a little hint on this podcast to what it is, but it's going to change the fishing industry, uh, because it's, it is exactly like what, what my heart is built on. It's about dr dream catch and providing opportunity for people to be successful. But man, that's just kind of my story, how I got started. I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, like I said, I kind of got started with the whole Southern trout eaters deal. And then the, all those guys left and I just, I just kept hammering away with a big bait around here and them fish kept eating. So it was, uh, it's pretty special. So, yeah, dude, that is so awesome. I know you would, you would ran through the five things to do in your area. And I, I know, uh, Evan Norris lives over by you and then Jason, you know, you know, yeah, you know, Evan and Jason. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like uh, th those are two, I mean, Evan, Evan literally is a trout bum. I mean, he sold a lot of his swim bait stuff and now he's doing fly fishing, you know, full time. He's a guide and yeah, he, he enjoys that. And Jason, if, when he's not at work and he's not painting up his new house, he's out fishing too. And it's just like, yeah, they're not into, well, yeah, there, there's not much to do out there. It sounds like, but that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Well, it just, I'll tell you the truth, man. I just, and I'm different than a lot of people. I mean, some people have fun going shopping and some people have fun like piddling with cars and man, there's different strokes for different folks. I'm just an outdoorsman. So when, when people say there's nothing to do, I'm like, I think there's like, there's not enough time in the day for me. All I ever want to do, dude, is be on the freaking water or be in the yeah. woods. Like that is what I, I was talking to my wife the other day. Like, I don't even know what my life would look like without the great outdoors. Like 
I, that to me, in fact, I don't, it freaks me out when I take people and they've been like, yeah, I've never even fished before. And they're like 40 years old. I'm like, <laughs> do you feel like you wasted your life? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I just, I just don't know life without it. My dad introduced me to fishing when I was so young and he introduced me to hunting so young and dude, it's the only thing that I do. And I just, man, I freaking love it. And you know, he always told me, Hey, if you, if you fish for a living, you, you'll never work a day in your life. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, well, hell everybody when they're retired, when, you know, everybody when they're retired says, yeah, I just want to fish every day. So I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. Heck, if, if I can start a business where I fish and take people fishing every day, it's like I retired young. So. Your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end made-in-the-USA rod blades. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only going to feel a difference, but you're going to help make a difference, too. Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing a depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. Yeah, dude, exactly. Um, it, It's funny that you said, like, work on cars and shop and stuff, because before the podcast, I, I was super big into fishing for four or five years, and it, uh, I, I don't really know. Like I picked up a new job. I was, uh, I was a corrections officer at a jail, super weird schedule. Didn't get to fish like a whole lot. I ended, up getting, like, I ended up getting like super big into, uh, into car photography. And like, I don't know what it was. I just like got like a rush hanging out of a car on an, on the expressway doing 80, taking pictures. And, uh, that lasted for about a year, year and a half, two years. And then like, I, I moved down south uh, to be closer to my girlfriend, and I was just I was laying in bed at my apartment one day, and dude, something just snapped. I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna get back into fishing, and to to kind of keep myself to it, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a podcast, and I am gonna stick with it, and it's gonna be a library for anybody if they want to listen to their friend talk, or if they want if they're moving somewhere and they want to hear what this guy has to say about that area of fishing. Like, I want scales and tails to be the thing that they can go do, and. Uh, I'm not going to say it kept me into fishing, but it's like throughout winter and stuff, this, it definitely kept me involved. And like, I, I wasn't worried about ice fishing or anything. I wasn't worried about like small game hunting. I was like, what can I do on the podcast to, to like set myself up for the years coming? And like, how can I grow this thing? And dude, like you touched on being an entrepreneur. It is like, it is so much fun, man. I, I cannot ask for anything, anything more. Yeah. Well, and, and, that's exactly it, man. I, I'd like to just encourage you from one entrepreneur, entrepreneur to another, man, just like be continue to be obsessed because that's all, I mean, when I think about like, I am purely obsessed with with business first and foremost. I just love business. But when I take that and apply it to things I'm passionate about, you just success follows energy, bro. And I just I just praise the Lord for just giving me an energy and an obsession and a passion for fishing and, and just trying to be the best I can be day in and day out for my wife, for my sons, for my employees, for people in our church. Like I just, dude, I just, I just go all in, like I said, on serving people and I'm just really passionate about it. Everything I do, because I just desire to be great. And um, I think if you just kind of have that, that voice, that's always just kind of pushing you to be great, man. I think, I think it makes someone, it, it makes, it just makes it hard to fail because you're just always grinding and always getting after and always thinking outside of the box and always trying to be creative and always trying to improve. And that's, it's hard to fail when you're just constantly doing those things. Yeah, man, for sure. So kind of getting into, uh, stepping back, like when you first started the guiding stuff, you like, was that primarily like, you know, the HUDs, uh, 
we'll say like slammers was Dude, it so I, triple trouts or how did how did what was it like when you first got started what was like that first trip that you got paid for yeah dude honestly it was uh I, I was like getting off the water from a fun day of fishing and there's this dude at the boat ramp with a golden retriever uh and he's just playing fetch and he's like man did you catch any fish and i've reached in my live well and i i pulled out two studs for this one specific lake uh and they're like five and a, one was five and a half one was six and a half and he's like holy cow that lives in this lake and i'm like yeah, you know, these, these there's big bass in here. They I said they stock this lake with trout and uh these big bass, that's what they eat. And he's like, Holy cow, dude, I gotta go with you. And I said, All right, but I'm gonna warn you, like, I I don't know your skill level and I don't know these things. Well, so come to find out, he couldn't throw a bait caster and <laughs> like thinking about throwing a four to you know, seven ounce lure was just totally out of the equation. So, you know, I locked a drop shot in his hand. We went finesse fishing. He caught some uh, you know, like three pounders, maybe a four pounder. And he was tickled, but I, I just kind of was like, well, let me show you just kind of this experience with this bait. And I'm, I throw a, a big glide bait. It was a, uh, uh, no, it was a triple trout. I'm sorry. It was a, it was a triple trout. I throw an eight inch triple trout, three dot olive up by a dock. I'm, I'm reeling that thing in sun's out, guns out, baby. Freaking <laughs> six pounder comes out and T bones that thing. And he was like, Holy cow, that's insane. So, you know, I, he got to catch a lot of fish, but it was more like he was just watching, uh, watching that go down. And even to this day, um, you know, now we've created very much a, a swim bait brand. So a lot of guys are like, Hey, those guys know how to swim bait me, yeah. Jennings, Dustin Hurley, uh, the guys that guide for us. But, uh, you know, a lot of our customers are people that just like, Hey man, I just, I just want to go fishing. And then we're like, Hey man, they're like, what? You know, what the heck is that? That giant bait? They point to a Hinkle trout or a Depths two fifty or something. Like, what does that bait? What's that? What are you catching with that? And you know, you throw. I'll throw it a couple times out on on a guide trip over some high percentage areas where they eat a swim bait. And you know, we always latch onto a giant, and the people are like mesmerized. And then they end up getting hardcore into fishing, and we usually convert those those beginners into like hardcore swim bait people eventually. Yeah, dude, that is, that's so sick. I mean, then they come back, you guys come back to the shop after the trip and they're like, oh my, was this the rod? Was this the reel that you had? And you're like, oh yeah. And then they come back to me later and buy it. (laughs) Bingo, exactly right. Now, now to play on that, my wife and I have, have quite a few Airbnbs in the mountains. So we do the whole shebang. We put them up, we we take them out, they come to the store. It's a, it's a full scale deal, man. It's pretty sweet, but that like literally, I cannot tell you how many times we've been out on trip. Out, dude, we had a trip one day in the summertime. These just hammer time wolf packs, like every like the smallest fish in the wolf packs, like five pounds, biggest ones like seven. They were just cruising brim beds, and you'd throw a rat up near a brim bed, dude, and it just looked like a grenade going off. Go oh, boom! And uh, these these dudes, I was like, hey, I'll cast this bait caster, and you, dude, I'm gonna cast it up there hand you the rod, you reel it two or three times. Yeah, and, get yeah. ready. and we did that. And the guy had caught, he caught five fish for like 28 pounds. He was almost convulsing, shaking every time he'd catch one. He was so jacked up <laughs> with adrenaline. He literally, we got off the water. He said, man, I live in the opposite direction. But he said, I need to drive to your tackle shop. I'm like, yeah, just follow me down the mountain. We go, the dude buys two bait cat, like two swim bait combos, a bunch of rats, a bunch of big swim baits, like, He's like, that was the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. And uh, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We, that's what we do, man. Take them out and bring them back to the shop. And it's a, it's a fun time. 
That's so awesome, dude. That's like when when a dad takes his son fishing and he's he's casting the worm and bobber out there, and like, okay, whenever you see the bobber start to move, this is what you got to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. Except it's with like a ten inch hardwood bait. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's so freaking awesome. Do you have a lot of uh, repeat customers who are like, oh my gosh, like last year was so much fun. We're going to be in the area again. Like I want to come out with you if you have a date open. Yeah, I, you know now now that we've been guiding for a decade, I've. I've tried to get handles around a lot of those numbers and uh 60% of our guide trips are repeat customers. So, uh maybe maybe not necessarily year over year, um but you know, maybe they went out a year or two ago and then they came back again and we do get a lot of year over year and we have, you know, there's three guys that there's one guy that books 25 trips a year with us. Wow. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, he's a special dude. He's he's on the YouTube channel a lot because he calls me his fishing coach and uh he's like i want you to fish because i want to just see how you're casting see how you're working baits i want to see how you're running the trolling motor so he lets me fish and you know obviously i just i feel more confident no offense to my customers but i feel more confident with me executing the right cast right angle right bite looking at live scope and all these things and, and playing the fish's body language whatever than i do you know telling the people hey flare your reel hey let it sink do all these yeah. things you know, so, but, uh, yeah, so we, uh, a ton of repeat customers. Like I said, that guy goes out 25 times, uh, 25 times a year. We had a guy last year go out about a dozen times, another fellow that went out about eight times. So a lot of repeat customers and, and a lot of what we do, man, I just, like I said, I, we're very passionate. Like that's one thing, uh, that I just, that I just love giving to people. It's just passion for God's creation, being in the outdoors. So, you know, our passion kind of rubs off on people and our, and with that passion comes the desire to teach. I really desire to teach them. Like I said, you know, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime. I really like teaching people. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of times when you're just teaching people and being genuine, man, they just, they just want more of that people hunger for knowledge. So. Yeah, dude, exactly. And when, so say somebody is a repeat uh, customer and maybe it's been a couple months since, since they had gone out the first time or whenever that, that year, do you see them like come on the boat and are they talking like on a whole new level than what they were before? Like they went home, watched, watched a bunch of YouTube videos, read a bunch of forums and articles and they're like, Oh, I think, you know, X, Y, Z would work here because this is what I read. And this is kind of like what the fish oh, are setting up like. Dude, all the time that happens. I mean, like, cause when we're going out, you know, I'll be like, all right, we're going to hit this point. Now this point is a secondary point going towards the back of a pocket. Why is that? It's because it's starting to creep up into springtime. So these fish are transitioning from these deep winter holes. They're stopping on these secondary points. They're going to the back of these flats to spawn. So I'm, I'm talking through them, talking through the seasonal patterns. I'm talking about if I was a big bass, what would I be doing? Why would I be doing it? Why am I throwing these baits? So forth. So they kind of start picking up on like, okay, these fish movements, so forth. And it just kind of feeds their hunger and desire to know more. So that is exactly what happens. They come back and they're like, oh man, it's summertime. I think a lot of these fish, they, they get offshore, right? Do they get offshore and suspend or do they get on deep brush? And then I'm like, yeah, now, now you're starting to talk the lingo. I'm like, they're doing a little bit of both. Let's go, let's go check it out. You know? That's so awesome, that's, ex that's, ex that's exactly how it goes down. Now you, you've obviously been doing this for a while. You've said a couple times, did, is this all stuff that you have learned, um, on the water or have you read some of those books like, uh, Bill Murphy's book and kind of picked up on, on like, uh, noted fish characteristics and then put together your own, or is it just pretty much been strictly what you've seen on the water and what you've been able to break down and figure out on your time out there? 
dude, it is literally, you know, these kids now they have YouTube and stuff. And even you dude, you're 21. I'm like, I, I'm not that I envy you. I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed with the life I live and the opportunities I've had, yeah. but dude, I, a lot of what I learned was purely just cutting my teeth. My dad, you know, my dad was never really a power fisherman. He's just kind of like drag a brush hog, drag a worm. And, you know, he catches fish and he's won some good tournaments over his years and stuff. But I, a lot of what I learned, dude, I had Eric Glosso, you know, he was kind of a power fisherman, versatile guy, but dude, a lot of it has literally just been trial and error because on Herring Lakes, bro, the fish do crazy things for whatever reason. So, I mean, you would think, I mean, this happened the other day, dude, it's like 41 degree water, blistery cold, windy and everything, you know, most bass, right, would just be like hunkered down, lethargic on the bottom. Nope. These herring, these giant herring eating, eating largemouth are suspended 10 foot below the surface over 100 foot of water out in the middle of this bay. Like, why? So just crap like that. I mean, I've been able to just figure that out from being on the water 300 times a year for 10 years, man. I've, you know, that's what, what's that? Three, 3,000 trips times, call the average trip six hours. So... What is that? Eighteen thousand hours? Yeah, something like that. That's, dude, that's what do they say? Ten, ten thousand. It takes ten thousand hours to be professional at something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So eighteen thousand hours is what I have. <laughs> that's that's just guide trips. That's not going out and fishing tournaments and, yeah. and other stuff too. You know, that's just purely guiding. So yeah, a lot of it's dude just trial and error and and just picking up on stuff and. You know, I'll be honest with you, dude, at the first few years where I was guiding, it, it was more like I was learning as as I was taking customers out. I mean, I felt like I was good enough to put people on fish and, and provide a great experience. But a lot of it was just purely like, hey, look, like they're like, hey, we're staying on this side of the lake. And I'm like, I ain't never fished that side of the lake. So let me just look at Google Earth or look at Navionics. Let me pick some stuff out that looks good. and Let's kind of pick it apart as we go. And some days we'd absolutely torch them. Some days we'd get our balls kicked in. And, yeah. you know, I, I used a lot of that stuff as, as learning curves and, you know, now it's paid off obviously, cause I feel like I've made a damn cast at every square 10 foot of every lake in our area. But, you know, that's, that's kind of how it went down. Yeah. And you, you've touched on herring a couple times. That's like, uh, not necessarily a trout, but it, it's like a, it's a medium sized bait fish, right? Like six, seven inches. Yeah. I mean, they get mature at six, seven inches, believe it or not, a couple of our lakes have monstrous herring uh like there's one lake i'm not gonna mention it it is if people go to the youtube channel Dreamcatchers fishing uh they'll be able to see i just i just ranked this lake the number one lake in western north carolina it was like number 10 just a few years ago but this lake has literally dude i found a 14 inch herring floating oh the other gosh. day and uh it's just so deep. It's a lot like Bullard's Bar out in California. It's got these deep canyons, deep water, big spotted bass that suspend, just goms of trout. And uh, anyways, it's a big reservoir where the herring, like there's a lot of herring. So a lot of the herring can get big. And mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. This one time, I'm, I find these giant herring up shallow spawning. Um, and it, it was like every mega Kong giant bass that I like, I'm like, I know there's a giant wolf pack of like eight to tens back here. I freaking found them. And they're with like the 10, 10 to 15 inch herring. I'm like, this is nuts. That's exactly where they were. 
That is so crazy. Our our herring. I mean, I mean, you, I'm, I, you might not be a biologist. You may not be able to give me the right answer. I'm pretty. I'm dude. I'm listen. I've been doing it for a long time. I've had a lot yeah. of conversations. I could answer most questions about these. Perfect. Are herring like super calorie dense, like trout, like kokanee trout and stuff? Like, is is that a big pinnacle thing to grow those super big mountain lake bass? So, so the answer is yes and no. So they are very oily. So you know, high in high in protein, high in fat, which means they're high caloric fish. Which means technically, a bass doesn't have to eat as much of them to put on weight. But the thing about a herring is, um, man, we're we're about to go go deep with this. Perfect. So, Perfect. <laughs> so herring are very thin and long. They look mm-hmm. like sardines. Yeah. So. What what's really key about herring lakes is fish go from like ten inches to three pounds so fast because literally a ten inch bass can get a, a, a probably seven eight inch herring in his mouth. Yeah, you track me with me? Yeah, yep. They're, they're thin, they're narrow, they're slender. So a ten inch bass can eat a seven or eight inch herring. Well, because it can do that, it can grow from ten inches to three pounds really fast. Well, what happens is those herring because they're so they migrate so much. They are nomadic, pelagic, offshore bait fish. Mm-hmm. A lot of those giant, giant bass, I think they'll still eat a herring because they're opportunistic. But once they get really like four and a half, five, even six pounds, I think they stop doing that herring thing and they actually start seeking out uh, slower, more caloric, rich fish like yeah. trout, crappy, which we don't have a lot of crappy in our lakes. I mean, our trouts are, our lakes are dominated by trout. So what happens is I think those fish, they go from, from really 10 inches to three and a half, four pounds, absolutely demolishing herring. And then they hit about four and a half, five pounds, and they start to get uh, more residential in areas where there's high trout populations uh, and even panfish populations. And that's kind of that's the progression I see. So the herring make a bass grow really quick right off the bat. It's like a shot of steroids to a kid yeah. or something. And then all of a sudden, once they get big enough, they're like, well, that's a that's a lot of work to go freaking chase those little boogers around. I'm going to mm-hmm. have to expend a lot of energy and I'm going to have to eat a lot of these boogers to recuperate that energy that I burn. So I'm just going to kind of hang out here at the head of these rivers out here on these deeper points offshore and hunt some of these, uh, you know, more like t- just nomadic trout or areas where trout tend to swim by. So. They, yeah. Those big bass get more residential. So does that answer that? Yeah, yeah. I've always pictured. Um, so, so when a fish is smaller, you know, like that sub three pound to to hatchling stage, they're all about you know just just bulking up. Like that they they they, do, they don't they wouldn't care about chasing down a food truck. Whereas like those like we'll say quote four and and then the bigger fish, they're kind of more about waiting there and and standing in line at the buffet waiting for for whatever to swim by and they're gonna they're gonna yeah. take that on. It's how how I've always you know, seen it in my little, little nog. And that's how I've put it together and made, had it make sense to me. Yeah. That's uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Those little fish, they're willing to go chase those thread fin. They're willing to go chase those herring. I think once they get real big, they're like, dude, screw that. I'm just going to freaking hang out on this river and wait for one of these 14 inch rainbows to swim by my grill. So I can just spaghetti noodle them. Yeah. Um, I was watching your, your, I think it was your newest, newest episode or on youtube today where you guys were in your no no it was the episode you got your new boat and you guys were fishing that super deep spot super deep lake and uh you were fishing like the a rig and stuff is the a rig like for you 
is that kind of to imitate those those herring or is that just a school or whatever just for an opportunity yeah, no no honestly whenever i've got an a rig on i'm i'm hunting those fish that are hunting herring now some of our lakes have thread fin mm-hmm. but uh you know thread fin truthfully they they are smaller bait fish uh they tend to cloud up like if for instance if like a thread fin get in a bay then usually they tend to stay in that bay until all of them are eaten or until like the small school that's left totally vacates the area. So most of the time, those schools of fish that are pushing those thread fin or even get in those schools of herring, it's, it's a ditch deal where they've got, they've got a school of bait fish kind of hemmed up in a specific area or a ditch or a channel swing. And uh, yeah, that's what, when I'm throwing the A-rig, that's exactly what I'm trying to imitate is, is herring for the most part. Yeah, and then the other thing I kind of noticed in, in some of your videos is I, it almost looks like you're doing a lot of like structure fishing where you're casting up towards shore where there's laydowns and that sort of thing. Is that yeah. because that's where you've noticed the big fish positioning, positioning, waiting for those, you know, those crappie, bluegill, trout, whatever to swim by and, and swipe at them? It's, a, man, we, listen, what, what we do is a lot different than a lot of places. So we live in what I would call like the closest weather to Southern California that you can get. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of like our, our summertime water temperature might, might get up to 80 degrees. Oh, wow. So yeah. So it stays really cool. I mean, like a, a hot summertime water temperature for us is like 78 degrees, which by the way, like optimal oxygen in the water is like 60 degrees. Like, So a lot of fish just stay shallow year round. And honestly, when they're up there shallow, you've got your shell cracker, your bluegill, uh, your pumpkin seed. You have all these different brim species that are spawning at different times of the year. And these big wolf packs of of largemouth will get up there. And like I said, kind of these residential areas, they'll move from like deep timber. They'll get up there shallow and they'll just stay on the bank or stay around woods. So a lot of what we do, and it's fun as crap, is sight fish using big baits. Like, hey, there's a giant up under the that big branch of that lay down. And I'm, you know, throwing a precise cast with a canine to it, walking it in place. And then that thing comes out and T-bones that booger. So, you know, it, it really depends on on the lake and time of the year. But a lot of our, and listen, like where we live, there are, you know, really big bass. I mean, last year we had a guy catching 11 and a half. I think we had another probably half dozen fish that were between eight and a half and nine and a half pounds. And we had, you know, just tons and tons of seven, seven pounders. Uh, but, you know, a lot of our fish, they, like I said, the water temperature is just so nice for them to stay shallow. So they still stock trout in, in the, you know, like late spring and early fall when it would be mm-hmm. kind of like summertime other places the water's cool enough for them to put in trout those trout will stay shallow for the most part some of them do go out in deeper water um you know but those back there's a big big school of population of largemouth that stays shallow and i think those ones obviously that are shallower you can just target them easier they're easier to catch uh so i think don't get me wrong I, i honestly believe the biggest gnarliest fish in the lake probably goes back out to that deeper water but you know, I, I'm just being 100% honest. I've been watching what these guys have been doing in Texas, and I'm just like, it's just it's just easier there because our giant fish, when they get out in the middle of these lakes, it's not 15 foot or 20 foot deep like foot. Texas, dude. They'll freaking they'll freaking get their bellies in the mud in 85, 90 foot of yeah. water, not bad an eye, you know? Yeah, it's then, a little different. It's a little different fishing for a bass in 90 foot of water, and <laughs> and people are like, you're crazy. 
Go watch the YouTube channel, dude. I have caught so many big largemouth in 90 foot of water. Like, and I'm not talking about like, like, oh, I was over 90 foot of water. I'm like, no, there was clay on their fins from me dragging them off the bottom in 90 foot of water. Yeah, dude, that's like like vertical chicken form. That's like what, a, like when you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, it's like ice fishing for a fish because that's probably exactly what it feels like. I mean, you're fighting that fish 90 feet up from the bottom. That's got to feel like a long fight. <laughs> it's it's just weird, man. It's like, ugh, I think those big fish, like the true, you know, teeners, and we have them. We have double digit fish, but I just think like, man, a lot of them, a lot of them, like I said, dude, we've caught a lot of big fish up shallow, but I think a yeah. lot of those fish do move offshore. I'll say this. There's two lakes around here where they're relatively shallower. Um, and those giant, giant bass get out in the middle and suspend on stumps and timber and crap. It's so much easier to catch those giants than all the other lakes around here because they're just in less water. Yeah, I believe that uh, in that Pursuit of Giant Bass by Bill Murphy, he talks about, I mean, this was wrote in like the early 90s. Um, he talks about how a lot, I mean, he, he catches, a, he caught a lot of big fish and he talks about how majority of them, if they were set up in like that, that quote, quote unquote, shallow water, whatever that is, is up for discrepancy because I can't remember what, what he talks about in the book, but he talks about, he's like, you either hook those fish or if you're in super clear water, you watch those fish. And if they get spooked, they get hooked. They just turn around. He's like 99% of the time there's, they have quick access to deep water and they're just gone. He's like, that's just, they use that to their advantage. They get in that deep water and they're, they're just, they just disappear. Like, oh. yeah. So that's exactly what a big buck does, man. You freaking scare yeah. big buck in the woods. He's just going to run to the thickest crap that you cannot, cannot even access or get into. You're just mm -hmm. like, what the heck? But big bass do the same thing. And in our lakes, these mountain lakes, it's like we have such a high density of trout and the whole trout eating thing. And yeah, it's freaking awesome. But, you know, at the same time, dude, like our lakes are, I mean, obvious, like, I mean, there's there's one I almost just said the lake. People, people can get on the YouTube channel and look. I mean, dude, these lakes are 400 foot deep. And I'm not saying those bass get out there yeah. like on the bottom at 400 foot. But I'm saying, dude, it's nothing for them to get in 70 foot of water way out at the end of a point. And, you know, think about trying to triangulate a cast with a big swim bait and that deep and trying to keep your bait on the bottom and all the all just the, the from wind to boat positioning. It's not 20 foot of water, dude. Like if if I cast a freaking weighted belly weighted mag draft out, it, it it's the 20 foot in just a few seconds. Dude, I'm talking about I'm talking about freaking 70 foot deep trying to it's tough, bro. Yeah, and that's crazy. And, and I know you, where a lot of those giants live. Yeah, and you you touched on sight fishing up shallow, and I think that's uh, it's cool that you brought that up because I I was blessed enough to grow up and, and learn how to swim bay fish on Lake Michigan, and I'm talking about you know thirty oh feet thirty feet of visibility on Lake Michigan pier heads that that connect to inland lakes and stuff, and uh, it I I always talk about uh how. I, I was very lucky in that sense because I don't think I would be half as good as of a swim bait fisherman as if I, if I hadn't done that, like I'll be, I'll be straight up honest. Like if you put me on in Louisiana on some of those ponds or some of those lakes that have, you know, negative three inches of visibility and you handed me a glide bait, I, I would look at you and I'd be like, I, I don't know. I'm not going to like be able to catch a fish on this because I rely, like I I've relied so much on being able to see where I'm casting at or just like being able, like I've gotten so good at reading fish behavior and how they're reacting to baits, like when to kill it, when to give it a quick chop and stuff. And it's, uh, 
it's always fun to hear other guys who who have gotten super good or who who uh, who started on super clear water because in 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 like all honesty, dude, that is the most fun swim bait bite ever. Fishing oh clear water, and watching fish. Oh my gosh, man, dude! I got to watch an eleven and a half pounder smash a clash nine twenty five yeah, from oh the boat gosh. last year. I got to watch. I don't know. I we had one video. It, it didn't go, but like I mean, it probably went viral in the fishing world. But I skipped a clash nine under a dock. Yeah, and I Epic Eric, Ep, say what? I remember seeing that. Yep. Yeah, and Epic Eric was like was like dude there's got to be a giant under there and i or he said he said he said something like that's that's a that was a crazy cast i said it's only crazy if i catch a 10 and a freaking nine pounder comes out and literally t-bones that freaking thing i mean just you know 10 foot away from the boat and you know we end up getting in the boat and everything but yeah dude it's when you're able to sight fish and just read body language and see oh man i twitched the bait and that scared that fish like that or i twitched the bait in this direction he got fired up and a lot of that you know just plays and plays and plays and you just put that in your data bank of your brain and uh it's a it's pretty special when it you know when you're able to just see those things and make it happen so yeah man i just like you said it's a, a very fortunate that i got to learn on these clear lakes and uh it's definitely helped me one with confidence and then just you know just keep that booger in my hand and just keep believing in it because i've just seen it happen yeah have you ever fished like upstate new york or any any like the great lakes region at all Oh yeah. I, I fished on the opens one year on Oneida. Uh, and, uh, through, I was throwing, I did some swim bait fishing and pre-fish and uh, I couldn't get the dang Northern Pike off the dang thing. I caught <laughs> one big large, about like four and a half in pre-fish. And I was like, all right. And then, uh, I ended up running a flipping deal and I, I was, I was on a, I was on a great bite, dude. I just had, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been to Oneida, dude. It's freaking big water. We had a wind directly out of the West and I found all my fish on the East side of the lake. And oh, when brutal. I got down there, I thought it was pretty protected. Boy, was I wrong. I got down there and all my crap was muddy and I just kind of scrambled around and that's part of fishing. It is what it is. But, uh, anyways, so yeah, clear water though. Like I said, I caught, I caught one big one in pre-fish, but it's the same deal, man. And then, uh, you know, I grew up, like I said, in Maryland and then mm-hmm. up in, uh, my mom is from, uh, Northwest New Jersey, a little lake called Highland Lakes. You know, it's probably three or 400 acres trolling motor only super clear water i wasn't swim baiting fishing at the time but i remember i could like watch fish go up the bank throw a dang wacky rig at them and and see them swim up and smash it and stuff so it's very similar now it's just with bigger baits and bigger fish yeah and we, did you say you were fishing the opens one year is that what you'd said yeah yeah i fished i fished the Bassmaster opens uh the east i guess it was the eastern eastern region at the time we fished the harris chain i finished in the middle of the pack we fished Chickamauga. I had a top 10. We went to the James River. I finished in the middle of the pack. Then we went to Oneida. I finished in the middle of the pack. I didn't do terrible in points. I was like 30, 38th or something like that. I mean, it wasn't great. Uh, you know, it was a lot of learning for me. I grew up, like I said, fishing the Potomac River where it's like flat, low visibility, a lot of grass, a lot of stumps. And I was like, yeah, man, like I feel confident in grass places, but you know, after not fishing them for so long, it actually did take me a little while to get used to fishing like the James River, uh, the Harris Chain, and so forth. So, and I, I think I've matured a lot as a just as a man. Honestly, I I just get I get spun out so fast, and now I just I actually have like a I don't care mentality, and I actually think it helps me do really well. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so slick. Was while you were fishing the opens, was was there a lot of guy? I mean, you, you, I mean. You watched the elite series this last weekend and you uh you had guys with uh 
what did he have? He had like a phony shad on his deck, and you know you obviously have guys fishing the Arashi, and you have uh, you have Zaldane out there fishing whatever he has, you know, the yeah. hard farmer and stuff was or not hard farmer, uh, freaking can't can't think of the name. Anyway, was was that a big thing back then, or was it kind of not necessarily huge yet as far as like tournament guys getting getting their toes wet in the swim bait stuff? You know, I think I think that bite like I got I got on a bite at Chickamauga. We there was a like a gizzard chad spawn happening in the morning on marina docks and uh yeah dude it was like i was catching them on a magnum flutter spoon i want to say something real quick i like throwing big swim baits but i think it's just a big fish mentality like yeah. you know what i'm saying i think and listen i freaking like dude i mean the other day i brought seven rods out the only thing like the smallest lure i had was the eight inch magdra like <laughs> i i'm addicted to swim baits but it's really like a big fish mentality like sacrificing fewer bites but getting better quality of fish so anyways i was on chickamauga and yeah dude i found a freaking i was throwing a, a hinkle shad and had caught one in practice that was like five and a half and then i was throwing a magnum flutter spoon caught like a five and then honestly i was like all right i'm casting around these docks like I'm going to break this Hinkle Shad. Uh, I had broke off one one Magnum Flutter Spoon, like a $25 Magnum Flutter oh, Spoon. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, so what the heck can I use? And I ended up going with just this freaking giant three-quarter ounce jig that had more strands on it than a dang weave, boy. I mean, it looked like dang. It looked like <laughs> Resbucia Lattimore weave on, the, on, the, on that freaking <laughs> jig, bro. I mean, it with a big old chunk on it, and I was just swimming it and pumping it. You know, so, you know, it was a swim jig, probably five inches long, three quarters of an ounce. And I'm just pumping it in and around this marina, having it fall quick, popping it off the bottom, letting it fall quick, burning it. And they were smashing it. And uh, so, I mean, there were some guys, there was one fella he had caught, he said he had caught like a, like a seven uh, in one of the marina slips on a mag draft the day before. And uh, I was like, heck yeah, well, you and I are pretty much on the same thing. I opted to go with a jig. But yeah, man, so guys were doing it. And then, uh, you know, even at the time, dude, I freaking, I'm telling you, I believe the DRT clash baits are like the most innovative, best swim baits for tournament anglers, for trophy hunters. And I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not just saying that because we have a custom color coming out with them and I'm trying to hype up this bait. The tiny clash, you saw Kenta Kiriyama one on, on James River last year with it? Yeah, so I was going to bring him up, actually. Funny enough, you said that. You beat me yeah. to it. Yep, and then he freaking, he, he did really well on Chickamauga. Like, dude, that bait, there, there's never been a bait that has that kind of crazy action and those size profiles with that kind of, I mean, dude, like every action, the tiny clash. Versatility, man. Say that again. It's versatility. It's like that kid, I mean, baseball terms, he can play shortstop, he can throw a couple innings at pitcher, he can play first base, and he has a center or he has a center fields glove. Like, it can do anything you want it to. Dude, I'm telling you, and, and that bait, like, I didn't know about that bait. I wish I would have known about that bait because I look at, like, my fishing career now, and there is not one reservoir, one place I go where I'm like, I cannot utilize this bait. Like, I can always have that in my arsenal. And, uh... So, you know, th that bait, I think, and 
and people like I don't know I what I don't you can tell me gauge the hype level I don't know if there's still a lot of hype around DRT or not I know I got an order of DRT baits in the other day and they sold out in two minutes again. It's the people, people like them because they know people catch fish. And I also feel like, I mean, personally, you can't just have one TK. You need to, you need to have two or three in my opinion. Oh, like I, I have, I have three, I have one out on loan and I have a smelt color and then I have a JDM monster tackle color. I, and I don't even, I don't even own a TK by the way. You just own K9s and I only, ghost, right? I only own, I only own k nine. Yeah, I mean, I I like the K9 too. I just I lost my tail for mine, and I don't know where it went. I think I gave it to a guy who's fishing musky. But dude, like the amount of fish, I, I the amount of big fish I caught last spring on the TK is absolutely crazy. We dropped we dropped like a 23 pound bag, and I had four fish, and one of them was a rat last spring in April. The water was like 42 degrees. I was just dead walking it, and oh my god. 23 pounds is pretty dang big for for michigan let alone in april while it was snowing out like there was still ice floating around on the lake like that was just such a crazy day dude yeah i mean that listen that that bait there i would i just wish i i wish i would have even i mean i'm like i i wasn't dude i got on the drt thing i'm earlier than a lot of guys but i didn't get on it as early as some guys and i wish i would have had that when i fished on the opens because Dude, I have so much confidence with those baits, man. I just feel like this fish, there's always something you can do with that bait to just create bites. Yeah, uh, so that's the ultimate tournament fisherman's bait. It's the ultimate trophy hunter's bait. It's oh my gosh, I'm in I'm in love with them. I'm holding I'm holding a, a Cali dream right now. Heck yeah, dude. And even like the K9, the K9 doesn't fish like a nine inch bait. I mean, how many, how many two pound fish have you caught on the K9? Dude, my first fish, I tell this story all the time. My first fish, I had, I had Dustin Hurley, uh, who is swim bait, everything. On everything. He, yeah. was, he was, he was my, he was an employee for us. He had told me about these DRTs a year before I ever really started believing in them. And anyways, he caught legitimate i'm not even kidding he caught like a nine two one day on a lake up near the house he goes dude borrow it and just go fish it so i had it in crank down mode the first fish i ever caught on a clash nine which by the way clash nine stands for it's a clash nine inch bait i caught a nine inch bass on a nine inch bait i believe I'm, it i'm talking about i watched that bass try to destroy that thing's soul and i'm like oh my god yesterday he caught a nine pounder today i caught a nine incher this bait will catch any and everything in between. And I tell guys all the time, I don't own a, a tiny clash because I'm like, dude, a, a clash, a clash nine catches so many two pound fish for me. Yeah. It's just, and those are, I mean, no offense to people catching two pound. That's just the nuisance fish. I mean, I like, I like catching two pound fish, eating a, eating a big bait. It's still cool. But I'm just like, if I can, if dude, if I throw a tiny clash, I'm just going to catch more two pound fish. Exactly. Dude. It's, like it's insane. It gets bit every, yeah. this is the thing I tell people. There's not one action with that bait because the joint is so wide, the bill, the tail, everything, every little action that bait has is quick and tight, which is what triggers those bites. It doesn't matter what mode you have it in, what lip you have it in, every turn, every motion of that bait is tight, sharp, and funky, and it creates reaction strikes. Yeah, dude. I was scrolling through your page today or yesterday, and like... You're catching smallmouth on the K9. Like that, like that alone should have people like, oh, mate, 
maybe maybe I should grab a K9. Like I have three TKs. Like, what's a K9 gonna do for me? Oh my gosh, I dude, those eats when a smallmouth eats a Clash Nine, I it's the most gruesome thing. They try to murder its soul, dude. They try to send it straight to the pits of hell, bro. I'm like <laughs> cranking rock. There's we got this one big boulder on one specific lake that these smallmouth will just kind of get up on. It's kind of at the head of this river that comes in, and it's a boulder. When I say a boulder, I'm talking about a boulder that's 25 foot wide by 10 foot long. It looks like it was placed there by an alien. And uh, you Stone just They say what? Stonehenge. It was just it, placed yeah, there. That, that's, it looks, dude, it's just, it's huge. When I'm like guiding people, I'm like, yeah, you see that boulder? And they're like, no, I don't see the boulder. They're like, I see the, I see like where it's shallow right there. I'm like, no, that's no, no. Like that whole shallow area, that's a boulder. And they're like, holy <laughs> crap. So anyways, we'll throw the Clash 9 up there and just crank it off that rock. And you'll just be grinding that rock. And it'll just feel like your rod goes in the opposite direction at 20 miles per hour, dude. I mean, I thought one time I tore my bicep. And I told I told the guy, I'm like, reel it. I can't reel my, my I think I tore my bicep. Yeah. He's like, really? I'm like, reel it, dude. He both flips. It's like a five-pound smallie. Had absolutely mutilated that Clash 9. Dude, that's so ridiculous. I mean, I've caught I've caught a handful of smallmouth, like Great Lake smallmouth on 250s. And that's just hardcore dude. There's nothing crazier than that. that is, that's another fun bait to catch a smallmouth on of a 250. It's just incredible. I mean, man, people just get so caught up. That bait's too big. And I'm like, listen, man, bats do not have mirrors. They don't have the cognitive ability to know how big they are. They just literally see something that's injured yeah. and instinctually program to go try to eat it. And listen, dude, I ha- I have a 17-inch clash frenzy. It is the biggest thing I listen, I'd never get overwhelmed or even like spaced out or, uh, you know, even a little hesitant at the size of a bait. Like I got a Hinkle trout dude. I'm like, this thing's not big. I mean, I went yeah, out the first yeah. day where this smashed like a five. I'm like, this isn't a big bait. Dude. When I opened the box for the, the class, three foot long frenzy, box that they sent you, <laughs> dude, I was like, yeah, I'm like, what the, this thing is huge. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I was like, I was overwhelmed, dude. I was, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know if a bass is going to eat this, but the reality is I guarantee you I'm going to catch a fish on it because a bass, bass don't know how big they are. It has that same typical DRT branded flash action, man. It's freaking, it's got that hard turn, crazy turns, crazy glides, crazy sharp with, I mean, it's just, it's going to get big because it has the right action and fish don't know how big they are. Yeah, they don't. They don't have mirrors. They don't have scales. They have no like. I mean, I'm sure a big fish knows that it's a good sized fish, but like, it's literally just their eyes. And like you said, if you can trick them into eating, they're gonna eat. They don't care what it is. And it's just the the real the hard thing with like the smaller fish or just you know fish in general is like, are they gonna get the hooks or not? Because sometimes you know there's fish that come up and t-bone a bait and turn around and swim right away, like the smallmouth in my river. And like just in Michigan in general, are like notorious for coming up and smacking a bait and turning around and just beeline it back wherever. Yeah, I'm no telling how many giant bass, freaking some of the biggest bass. I had one last year. The day after I had Mike Pat, the day after Mike Powers caught the eleven and a half with us, I had one that I thought I, I saw this fish. I I saw two fish on a bed, and I'm like, they're spawning next to that log. When I casted that log turned. And I'm like, oh that's exactly what I said. I said, Oh my God. I'm like, that's that's a teener. And it it and dude, I could talk about 
how well engineered the clash nine is from hook placement, like putting the hook on up like closer to the head. And this fish kissed, I mean, as gently as you would kiss your girlfriend on the lips, this, this fish freaking just kissed the head of that clash nine. And, and it still followed it. And I'm like, dude, it was like, I'm, I mean, I'm six foot three, 220 pounds. I run and lift a bunch. I've got pretty big quads. This fish looked like my quad, bro. <laughs> And uh, it just kissed it, and dude, that just happens. Sometimes those those giants they'll hit your bait where uh, where there's no hooks. It's just part of the game. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. And, and speaking of the frenzy, Dustin Dustin fished his for like a couple hours the other day, didn't he? I thought he posted somewhere and there was already rash on it and stuff on, on Universe, I think. Yeah, I think actually I just saw where DRT had come out and said uh, the the color on those frenzies is beautiful. It's a foil job. But I think they had some kind of pairing problem with the foil. Yeah, this yeah. is no, this is no joke. DRT. I don't, I don't want to name drop the fellow with DRT USA. I mean, if you're a DRT guy, you know who he is. But people try to blow this dude up all the time. I feel, I feel bad for him. But uh, anyways, he gifted me one. He gifted me a frenzy as a thank you for. I mean, I, listen, I'm, I'm not like I said. I, I just love fishing. Mm-hmm. And I really love the Clash Nine, but I don't. I'm not sure of anyone who has as much DRT footage as us. Oh, dude, easily. Like, yeah. there's 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 some guys. Uh, there's the one kid in Arizona, Jeffrey. He he has you know you know probably a dozen or so catches. I mean, dude, we put out a video where I caught 30 fish in a week on it. Like, mm-hmm. it's like I mean, and no telling. I mean, Eric, did you see Epic Eric and I's video, the DRT Clash Massacre? uh yes 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 i watched that i i watched it when you guys first dropped and then i watched it today i was going through and binge watching some of your episodes today <laughs> oh my gosh dude i mean like we just had a lot of success with the bait so anyways he ended up gifting me a frenzy and i was i like i was pretty emotional i was like man that's really awesome i appreciate it and he goes man i appreciate you you've done a lot for our company and everything and i'm like oh, dude i just i like filming fishing and i like big swim baits and this baits the best so one I've ever bait super good <laughs> yeah well anyways the the frenzy that i got has a very very thin coat of epoxy uh-huh. like so it's epoxy coated so yeah. my my frenzy is perfect it doesn't chip or anything <laughs> oh snap i know that's pissed <laughs> off that's that's got to piss off some guys that have a frenzy that are like, oh, mine's skipping paint. But Dustin said something good, man. It, all these guys, they get so wigged out about like these baits. They're like, oh, it has hook rash, and I'm like, what are you doing? You rubbing your genitals on the thing? I yeah. I, I fish with the bait. Yeah, dude. It's I don't know. It's always so so weird. And don't get me wrong. I understand, you know, paying for a bait, and and if it is like it flakes or whatever, it's gonna happen. But there's also a point where like. I, I take pride. Like you can see through my TK, you can see through it because like, it's, you know, I'm surprised it doesn't have a puncture hole in it from the hooks. Like, cause I fished it so much. It's like, I take pride in that though. Like anybody, anybody in our little niche realm of, of fishing can look at it and be like, Oh wow. Like either he's caught like a lot of fish on that bait and has fished it a lot, or he's really just trying to catch a fish on it and he has it, but he's casted it, you know, a million times, but he's trying. So I, I know he's fishing that bait. I'm like, it's like, it's kind of like a status symbol. Like this bait just doesn't sit in my tackle box in my backpack while I'm fishing on the river. Like this thing's tied oh. on. I'm ripping it through current. I'm, I'm dragging it over rocks. I'm getting it hung up and I'm going swimming to get it out. Like this bait is, is like catching me fish and I'm not babying it. Like I'm doing what I bought it and bought and intended for it to do. Oh, totally. And listen, 
there's a there are and I'm just going to be 100% honest with you there are a bunch of these swim bay guys and I tell guys and D- Dustin I love Dustin to death uh but there's just all these swim bay guys they just they have their nose in the air he Dustin made a made a funny Instagram called swim bait douche and sometimes he'll post like memes about just like douchey swim baiters yeah yeah and and you know he he kind of pokes fun at himself Cause he's like, man, I'm, I can be a swim bay douche sometimes, you know, but I just, I just don't get it, man. The, the guys that just have their nose up in the air and they just, a lot of these guys are like, Oh, this is my collection. And, and I'm like, don't get me wrong. I know there's guys that collect crankbaits and, and everything, but dude, there's just a group of swim bay guys out there that are a bunch of dang for the sake of being politically correct. They're a bunch of pussies, bro. I just, yeah. They just get so caught up in just all the wrong things. And I'm like, I just, I just enjoy fishing the baits. Like these guys, like one guy hit me up and I had like five, uh, five Cali dreams, the mm-hmm. trout, which yeah. are like super rare. You can't find them. Yeah. Right. And I had five of them and all of them were just mutilated, destroyed teeth marks, hook rash. I mean, it looked like I had taken sandpaper to all of them from all the teeth marks on them. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'll sell it for $300. Like, it's a, you know, it's a low, low supply, which means it's a high demand. And he goes, I would never pay $300 for it looking like that. I'm like, that's fine, brother. I'm going to catch 300 more fish on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's a weird thing. Like guys, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys who treat it as a tool in the box. Like it it could be your favorite tool. You're going to use it all the time. That's whatever. Like. Some guys use it for Milwaukee stuff. It's going to last. You're going to use it all the time. And then there's some guys who guys who use it as a tool to put it in their button pleasures. (laughs) I was going to say like like shoe collection. Like they're going they're going to keep them up on their wall, and they're just going to be dead stock. They're never going to see the water. And if they do, it's because that guy turns around and sells it, makes a profit. And the guy who buys it, it's like, oh, I I really want to fish this thing. And then they're the ones that use it. It's 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 weird, man. Like it's uh, it's interesting. Make sure they get the vibrator tail for the clash and so they can shove it in their yeah. play. The ridge tail. <laughs> yeah, the ribbed. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. I don't know. It's like, it's so weird. And then you get like, people perceive to be one or the other and you get to talk to them and they're like, oh, you're like, oh, like they, they send you a picture, like a bait wall or something. And like, they're all, they all have hook hangers on them and they're, I want to see your giant bass, bro. <laughs> It's it's a weird thing, dude. Like it's uh, the swim bait stuff is just so weird. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever talked about it, but it is like honestly some of the weirdest, you know, fishing thing like there is as far as I know. Oh, dude, from ego and I I know guys that own one thousand dollar rods and reels and don't even fish with them. They just have it just to. It's just like you said, dude. It's like wearing a Rolex or something. It's like yeah, a symbol. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, congratulations. That thing has hooks on it, which are meant to catch fish. Like, get over yourself, man. I mean, dude, I don't, I don't have like, there, there's a difference. Like if, if you have super nice gear, obviously this isn't a, like a poke on you. If you're using it, like, um, like Marshall, the homeless fisherman, he's got, a, he's got like a saltwater Calcutta. He's got a lot of super nice rods, but he is out there fishing like every single day. And I won't lie. I, I fish a lot, but I'm also super hard on my stuff. So I don't necessarily like get crazy, crazy stuff all the time. Like I have an older, uh, K, uh, uh Corrado K 200 that probably <laughs> needs a serious tuning. And then I've got like a five-year-old, uh, Leviathan rod that is just 
been put through the gauntlet, dude. It's caught so many fish, and it was pre-owned before me. But it's you like, got, I'm completely content. You and got it, that. It, it you got that when I need to and drill screws when I need to. That's all I needed to do. <laughs> You you freaking got that big money, boy. I'm I freaking I got Dobbins Furies and Dobbins Champions, son. I'm a dang cheap little skate, son. I'd rather own. I'd rather have a bazillion swim baits <laughs> that I fish with. I, I don't, that's not even true. I, I'm super simple when I have like my swim bait arsenal. You want me? You want me to talk about my swim bait arsenal? Yeah, I was gonna say I I had wrote that down because I was watching your video saying like, oh wow, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of Fury series. And then you have that dial rod, but yeah, run us through like what uh, what your deck usually looks like when you go out for the day. Yeah, so from from rods, my rod setups, I've got um, I've got two Champion Dobbins. I call them they're eight sixty sevens that I have literally cut six inches of tip off of to make them eight oh eights. Yeah, so, like they're when you shorten that rod, it makes it stiffer. It makes the action mm-hmm. stiffer. And then obviously it's shorter. So, um, I just, I was throwing a hinkle with the a 67 and it was just so tip heavy because it had so much flex in the tip, dude. I was like getting so tired in my wrist and I'm like, I work out, I'm a pretty strong dude. And I'm like, dude, I can't do this. So I actually cut off six inches of the rod. I made the rod stiffer. It put a lot of that weight back into my, the handle where I could, I could like handle it more. Um, so anyways, I, ha- I have two 867s that I've cut six inches off. So they're 808s. They both have Tatula 300s on them. I've got two uh, Tatula Swimbait Series Elite Rods. They're like the Ish Monroe model. Uh, and all of those, all four of those rods have 25-pound copolymer on them. I think, I think it's CXX clear. And then I've got, uh, I've got two Dobbin Fury 795s. Those are my Clash 9 rods um uh, they're parabolic they're really good cranking rods i've got one of them that's like really really broken it's pretty limber like a noodle and it keeps all of those fish pinned um i made the mistake early in my career i was like oh, i'm just going to use a big rod and crank on all these fish but the more i fish with the clash nine the more i'm like i think i just need to treat it like a big crank bait and need more parabolic action that 795 they created it for a rigs and like five ounce swim baits, which the mm-hmm. clash nine is like four and three quarter ounces. But what's so unique about it is because how they created it for launching a rigs, it really loads well in the handle, which means it unloads well, which means it's really parabolic. And I just found great success with it. Walking my clash nines and cranking my clash nines, keeping those fish pinned. And then I've got some, uh, Oh, and I've got Tatula two hundreds on those rods. And then I've got some, uh, Iowa DXSB eight footers, two to eight ounces that have some Tatula two hundreds on them, and those are kind of my versatile. I might throw a mag draft on it. I might turn around and throw a two fifty on it. I might throw a Gan craft on it. Uh, but yeah, as far as lures go, uh, I'm kind of on a kick with a single hook and uh, like an owner beast hook or a flat with a flashy swimmer though. The flashy swimmer on these. I think a lot of guys have thrown mag drafts and a lot of big soft swim baits this the past few years. And I'm adding just a, a, a little flashy swimmer, a little blade mm-hmm. with a swivel on everything. And I'm getting bit behind guys, um, which I think is really unique. So uh, I've been doing that. And then, you know, I've got, I usually have a depth 250 on the deck. I usually have two clash nines on tied on. And the reason for that is, uh, I mean, it's going to sound petty, but it's it's obviously really easy to take a bill out and flip the tail around to put it in glide mode or put the lip back in and flip the tail back 
around to put it in crank mode, but I just don't want to keep doing that 500 times a day. Yeah. You know, when I get on, get on a lay down that's deeper and I want to crank it and then I want to throw over the top of it one cast with glide mode and then crank on the other side. I, it's like it's annoying if I'm just constantly doing that. So I just have two tied on all time. And then uh, I've got uh, Hinkle Shad tied on, uh, Hinkle Trout tied on, um, and then I'm going to invest some serious time in that frenzy. I think I don't think I'm going to get many bites this year on the frenzy, but if I do get a bite on it, I assure you it will have a 10 in the pound section of the scale. Yeah, dude, that's such a slick bait. But I, I noticed you mentioned, and I, I saw it in the videos too, is there any particular reason you fish your Daiwa, like your tats and stuff, over the Shimano reels, or is it just personal preference and you think they're a little bit I, probably no, beefier I, and better? Oh, I'll tell you 100% honest truth. Um, one is they have extremely great technology. They have the ABS, which is their air brake system. It literally mm -hmm. works on air pressure with their spools. It's unbelievable how advanced those are. And then they have the T-wing system, which cuts yeah. down on line friction. Uh, so your spool is able to work more efficiently. You'll get a lot of cast distance on your backlash less because of it. Listen, I know the whole digital chip sounds really cool, to, but it actually doesn't do jack crap. Yeah, like legitimately. And then the other thing is being 100% straightforward with you, dude, I don't make hardly any money on Shimano reels. Like my margins, mm -hmm. if I sell a $100 Shimano reel, I make like, I make like 20 bucks on it. I've got like 20% margin. They're terrible. Yeah, and with with Daiwa's, dude, I just I just make I think thirty five percent, which still in the fishing industry sucks for margin. It's just terrible. But I make more money with Daiwa products, and then Daiwa actually does more promotion. So every once in a while, they'll be like, "Hey, if you buy ten of this model, we'll actually sell them to you for you know sixty dollars a piece." You know, which helps us out a little bit. And they they just work a little bit better with us, and uh, like I said, they make make it where we can make a little more money. They've got yeah. great customer service, dude. They're all metal gearing. They last really long. And I think it helped my customer's dollar go the furthest. So that's yeah, why I'm a dollar I, guy. I had, uh, his name's Daryl. He's up, he's up in the PNW and he's a big Daiwa guy. And he, he broke it down super well. He said, Shimano, Shimano reels start off smooth and they end up like super geary. And then he said, Daiwa reels start out geary. He said, but it doesn't take long. And then they just turn smooth as butter. And I have a Daiwa CT, so it's it's a it's a conventional oh, caster. But yeah. that reel, dude, I can I can fish a jig, you know, have it set up to fish a jig, and then I can turn around and fish a uh, weightless Senko, and I won't even touch the settings in a cast. Just oh, it's, like, it's there. There, that's that's actually a great way to put it. Because we we clean reels in the shop too, and that's exactly right. Shimano's do end up they they're very smooth, and they do end up geary. You're like, God, it feels like there's sand in it or something. Yeah. And it's like it's still a durable reel, but yet you can really feel those gears grind on each other. Where a dial, you pick it up, and you're like, I mean, yeah, it's smooth, it's nice, and everything. But just as you just get to using that reel, dude, I'm like, they are unbelievable. And then listen, I don't even I don't even play with any abu garcia lose or anything they're all made by ryobi they're all i yeah. don't care anyone's like i use the super duty for slim bait i'm like take it apart it's a plastic gear it's gonna uh -huh. look like an old man grind down worn out teeth here in about five months if you fish it with any kind of seriousness like they're just crummy reels man they're just bad yeah um yeah i i i have i'm kind of split like this year i'll probably i I will say there was a lot of guys who were team tranks, you know, we'll say three years ago. 
and then die would drop that tat 300 and then there was you know those die hard shimano guys that were like wow like this tat 300 is the real deal like i'm i'm switching all my tranks 300 and 400s of these tats because they are that serious and i want to try one i tried to buy one last year to show at our local fishing show and the Daiwa booth guy just blew me off. Like, I, I wasn't going to try to hand him money for the reel, so I just set it down and left, and I just hadn't proceeded to buy one yet. Well, if you buy one, you can always buy them for Dreamcatcher's Fishing Supply, man. We got a bunch of them, man. We always have them, man, because we got a lot of swim bait guys, and guys getting into swim bait, and they're always yeah. – I, I think I sold two or three of them at the store today. So. Heck yeah, dude. That's so sick. Um, and then the other thing you – I mean, backtracking a little bit, you were talking about the mag draft. And you were talking about uh, fishing a flashy. So, do you would you rather fish the freestyles over the treble hooked ones? Is that kind of what I so was picking up from what I'm, you were saying? I'm, I literally have two eight inch pearls next to me right now. One of them, uh, one of them, I took the harness out of to make a freestyle, and the other one mm-hmm. still has the harness in it. I think it just depends on what I'm doing with it. Um, I am a really big believer in making contact on laydowns and even docks and everything. Mm-hmm. So. That belly weighted, that belly weighted, flashy swimmer, freestyle dude doesn't get hung on anything. The Mm -hmm. fish, it's such a soft bait. I mean, I can take this thing and fold it into a three inch ball. Yeah. Uh, So tiny once you fold it up. But so I really like deflecting it off trees, off docks and so forth, where if I'm paralleling those docks and trees uh, and I want something, an open water presentation, I'll go with the treble hook. And even when I'm, uh, even if I'm like out deep on a point fishing for suspended fish or something, I really like that treble hook style, but I'll still, you know, I put, I put one eighth tungsten belly weights, nail weights, uh, in and around the harness, um, you know, to give it a little more weight. So it centers that swim a little better and makes it where I can fish it a little faster. Uh, and it won't blow out at a higher speed. So that's the only thing I'm really doing with the, with the harness bait, but, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of both of them. I caught a lot of I caught a lot of fish over the years on the freestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, I just it's a bait that just always always gets bit. I I've only ever fished the treble hook, the belly hook, but I will say I I bought some freestyles this this uh this winter because I think the longevity will be there. You know, and I'm I'm fishing the the six inch ones and. When, when a river smallmouth, when you catch, you know, five in a day and, you know, that, that magnet falls out and then you start kind of belly hooking that trouble into that harness and, dude, that thing just gets so tore up. And I, I'm really thinking that the freestyle will, will last a little bit longer. I mean, it's nothing that a little mended or anything wouldn't fix, but, like, when I'm on the water, it's like I don't want to worry about mending my bait back together. I'm just trying to bang out some fish. And I'm excited to see how what the freestyle compares to, especially fishing a lot of rock and stuff. Like, it's just going to, like you said, just pull right over that that obstruction and just be able to sit in that zone a little bit longer, I think. Yeah, they're great. I, man, they, they really did a great job with it. I'll be 100% honest. I'm kind of excited about this uh, line through Zal Dangerous swim bit. I know there's just, they're just knocking off the mag draft, and it's something that I'm passionately against in this industry. But right. I, I do, I'm a big fan of line through baits, and making like a mag draft style bait with a line through top hook is like, I, I could definitely fit in my arsenal. So I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, you would you would touch how uh, how you were obviously Milliken had stopped the shop and hung out for a few days and you guys fished quite a bit. Have you gotten to uh, to mess with his line through at all or seen seen any close up pictures that's or talk to him about it? Peckerhead won't send me one. I'm headed down there. Molly and I and Isaac fly out to go hang out with Osborne, Becky, and him here in like two weeks. I'm headed down there for a week. We're gonna go fish together, and uh, 
hang out. And I'm a, I, I love, like I said, working out and running. And so does Cole, his cameraman. So Cole, we're, I'm really good buddies with Cole individually. Okay. I'm really good friends with Ben individually, but yeah, I'm going to go down there and, and mess around with that line through. I'm pretty stoked about it because, uh, I guess they said they're not coming out for a while, but I'll probably just end up stealing some from them. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. You know, it, uh, I don't know uh, your iCast video that you had posted last last June, July, whenever iCast is. It kind of summed up everything super well, and uh, you know, there's ingenuity to a point, and then you kind of got to play off other people's ideas and whether yeah. X Y Z whatever. I'm not here to to be the all saying, but you know, stuff is gonna look like stuff, and it's. I mean, there's there's baits out there. I'm not gonna say any names that that kind of look like a hinkle trout, and I'm sure they swim different than a hinkle trout. And there's baits that look like hinkle shads that I'm sure swim completely different than a hinkle shad. And it's it's kind of I don't know, well, man. Just going back to the swim bait thing, I guess. Weird. It's, it's weird, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, a trout only looks like a trout. Yeah. And, a, and that, like I've only seen gizzard shad look like a gizzard shad. Guys get a lot. You know, it's I, I'm I understand guys getting pissed off and knocking off baits and stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, if a guy wants to make a bait and make it look like a gizzard shad, well, it's gonna look like 25 other freaking swim baits. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's uh, so I I've said it before. It's it's hard to be uh like new ha- be like a new ingenuity thing. And then people bash on it like, oh, that that's that's never going to work. Like, oh, that looks that looks so ugly that that doesn't look like X, Y, Z. And uh, the, the I, I read a quote before we started recording this and I actually wrote it down in my notes. And it's uh, it 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 relays heavy to like what we're talking about here. The quote is the quickest way to diminish something's values to compare it to something else. And that's just it's 100 percent true. That's exactly what we're talking about right now. Yeah, totally. And I, and I understand that. And I'm like. I'm like, dude, there's some baits that are really genuine and they're great. And like, dude, I mean, you could argue the Defiant is a total knockoff of a HUD. And I'm, I could tell you totally straight up, they're different baits. They have different vibrations. They mm-hmm. have, I've been out on the water when a HUD outfishes a Defiant. I've been on the water when a Defiant outfishes a HUD. I'm like, they're different, you know, and have the same style tail and the same kind of look and top hook. Obviously, the Defiant has a line through deal, but. Yeah, I mean that's exactly right. You can't you can't compare some of these baits. They're made for different reasons. They're made by different people. They're made by, you know, with different intent. A lot of times, I mean, I just so I, I'm kind of right there with you. I I like I, and some of the stuff. I mean, dude, like I said, I, listen, I'm about to drop a bomb on you. Remember, I told you I'm passionate about entrepreneurs in the fishing industry. Yeah, yep. I got I got something I'm coming out with with a team out of Atlanta that's going to absolutely change the fishing industry. Do you want to hear this? Yeah, dude. And if you want it, if you want anything bleeped out, let me know. I can, I can bleep it out. The listeners will have to unfortunately hear the bleep. (laughs) No, no, no. There's how many, how many people listen to this podcast? Uh, Anywhere from 1200 to like 2000. All right. So there's going to be 1200, 2000 people extremely mind blown by this as a guide. I get blown up every freaking day, bro. People say, hey, man, where do you go? Or how'd you catch those fish? Where, 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 or I'm going fishing tomorrow. Uh, where would you go and what would you throw? And they're mm-hmm. constantly trying to take my intellectual property. They're constantly beating me over the head and they want my secrets. Well, I took a guy out last year and he is an app developer. And I took him out. We smashed a big bag. His son caught like two five-pound smallies on a uh, on a 
a uh, oh gosh, what is it? A glide fluke, and uh, the bigger glide fluke. It was fun. But anyways, he said, "Hey, I want to book a trip with you the next week." I said, "Man, I'm booked up." I said, "But what I'll do is I'll sell you some tips." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell me some tips." So uh, I sold him some tips. I like dropped some waypoints on Google Earth, and and you know, it was like shooting back and forth text messages how I'd fish him and stuff. And then he sent me he sent me two hundred dollars uh, on Venmo is what it was. And uh, he said, "Hey, let's link up and talk about this." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool." And anyways, we're we're coming out with an app where fishermen like highly dialed in local anglers and mm-hmm. fishing guides can sell their tips to fishermen willing to pay for their knowledge. That's so sick, dude. It's like, so it's we like are, only fans for people who want to go catch fish. X, we, y, we, we thought about calling it only fins. I'm not even kidding. But, uh, in all seriousness, remember back to my whole, I desire to really change people's lives and encourage entrepreneurs and make entrepreneurs. We surveyed 1,000 anglers, and 90% of anglers wanted to know how to make money fishing, and another 90% of anglers wanted some kind of information before they went fishing. Yeah. So literally, we're creating an app where guys can now be entrepreneurs and sell their tips and sell their secrets because everybody thinks guiding is a dream job. Well, now you can be a virtual guide through this platform. Damn, dude. That's that's actually super sick like that's a crazy idea to to bring to this to this niche well the thing. whole listen the whole market is built on secrets and listen if you're not in the end like listen the only way to make money in this industry is be a guide be a retailer be a youtuber be a tournament fisherman be a manufacturer be some kind of um influencer where you do uh you know marketing and all this stuff like there's really no other way, but the whole industry, everyone wants to, wants the latest information. Everybody wants the secrets. Everyone wants to be a step ahead. And we feel like the whole industry is built on secrets, but it's the one thing that nobody has been able to truly monetize until now. We're coming out with this app called Fish Tips. And Fish Tips is a marketplace where anglers can sell their dialed in secrets to other anglers willing to pay for them. And the cool thing is the angler the, the guy selling the tip makes the money. There's a small, obviously a small brokerage fee yeah. you know, because of credit card processing free fees. We have employees on the back end making sure everything's smooth and so forth. But, you know, it's like Airbnb. It's like Uber. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a marketplace, you know. So guys now, they're like, hey, man, like we posted that picture the other day. I had 20-some pounds. Like three people reached out and said, hey, man, how'd you catch those fish? Well, I just literally, I, I, dropped some waypoints i copied and pasted because as a guide that's my job right i take people to these waypoints and teach them how to fish these places anyways so now i just literally i do the water conditions water temperature what i caught them on a couple waypoints a couple pictures and then i send them the link they can choose to transact they hit buy they put in two hundred dollars and it unlocks the tip and now they can go out on the water and duplicate what i do and and really get a virtual guide from me without me being in the boat with them Wow, dude, that is, that's freaking slick. That is awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to be rolling this out. I've got a, a, I actually have a meeting tomorrow with the engineers. I don't know if this week is going to be our initial launch, uh, soft launch. Um, you know, like I've, I've, I've been engaging with other fishermen. You're, by the way, this is the first podcast I've been, this, we've been working on this for two years. I've been on some monster podcasts with, you know, but this is actually the first podcast that I've actually talked about this and everyone I've talked to about it 
kind of has your reaction. They're like, oh my God, that's going to change fishing. Like it's going to change the fishing industry. And uh, I, that's, that's our goal. I mean, I think people, like I said, there's a desire for people to want to make money. They don't know how to do it. And I think this is a great way for dudes that are highly dialed in local sticks that constantly get beat over the head, you know, trying to get brain raped for intellectual property. This is a way for those guys to make money. So I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. I think it's going to empower a lot of entrepreneurs. It's not like, it's not like fish brain, fish brain is just a brag board. Who's dick bigger. It's not, that yeah. you know, when fish brains make fish brains, making all the money or there's the one, there's the one with the pros. I don't know what it is, but you put in your conditions and they, and they're in your region and they tell you what lakes that they're It's like, dude, you weren't on my lake yesterday. You don't know where that freaking school of herring was. Yeah. But I, you know, that guy was out on the lake and I want to know what he did to catch those fish. So, you know, and once again, all the money is going to the pros and it's like, no, like we want, we want the power of the entrepreneur in the fishing industry industry to be individualized and we want to empower guys to do that. So we really think this has legs and has a chance to absolutely change the industry and not just bass, not just bass fishing, bro. Trout fishing, redfish, marlin tournaments. Yeah. Uh, I mean, bonefish on the Bahamas, you know, just everywhere, man. I think this thing has got legs. Every, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of sport fish you're fishing for. There's dudes that know how to do it and dudes that don't and guys that are willing to pay to know how to do it. And we want we want guys to be to be virtual guides. So. Yeah, dude, freaking Great Lakes salmon like that would you, there could you could make bank if you're on fish and you're telling people what color spoons and how deep you're fishing your downrigger length and stuff like oh my gosh, dude, the possibilities like you said are just absolutely endless. Yeah, so we're like I said, man, I just that's our that's our goal. I mean, I, we want to reach every fisherman. We want to reach every fisherman in the world. If you've ever desired to make money fishing, you know, we think that. And, and you're you're a half decent angler and feel like you could honestly put people on fish and uh, give great advice to help people succeed on the water, then you're a perfect seller for us. And if you're somebody that doesn't get to go out on the water a ton and are willing to pay, you know, to just go out on the lake and have some success on the water, you know, you're you're a buyer for us. I, I think that's that's the deal. So I'm right there with you, man. I think it can be special. I think there's a lot of different markets from salmon. You know, it's a, I hadn't even thought about it, dude, but salmon in the Great Lakes. I mean, yeah. there's so many segments of this this deal where this app, I think, has legs and can just take off. So, Yeah, dude, and that would cut down on, like, you know, all those posts, like, in, in city groups or in fishing groups, like, oh, how's the fishing at XYZ? Well, here, download this app, and you can figure out what, what I know right now, or you can go out there and, you know, bang two sticks together, whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. And, you know, the thing I've noticed over time, people look up fishing reports. Well, dude, fishing reports are the most generic BS you've ever heard. It's it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, the fish could be in 40 foot of water. They could be in four inches of water. If they're friendly. And it's like, oh, great. You just narrowed the whole freaking lake to nothing. Like, you know, but now I think it's really, you know, unique what we've created. So it's going to be special, man. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely, I'm extremely excited about it. That's so freaking awesome, dude. And and going off of, of that idea and kind of uh, touching on, you, you had teased it a little bit and you, you've posted about it on Instagram and stuff, the, the DRT and Dreamcatchers collab yeah. color. How did, how did that come out to be, come around to be? Yeah, so just talk about an entrepreneurial endeavor. Like I'm telling you, man. So just fishing, fishing these baits, dude, I just, I fell in love with them, man. I just, there wasn't one day 
I mean, like other than like the cold heart of winter when it's just freezing and everything goes to 60 foot of water, like that just, it, that just is what it is. But when those fish start moving up, getting shallow, I mean, the, the, the bait just comes alive, you know, whether you're cranking wood, whether you're parallel and docks and glide mode, um, whether you're using a, like a big jerk bait on points, we were just utilizing this bait and just getting a lot of footage with it. Well, um, you know, I was making a lot of posts talking about how a lot of our lakes have brown trout and they stock brown trout. And the reason why they do that is because brown trout are actually a salmon species. So they tend to be a little more aggressive and hungry. So they eat a lot of the herring. They actually put brown trout in to control the herring populations because herring are an invasive shad species. So they just spit out these thousands and thousands of brown trout and all of our lakes, man, that's what they stock to keep the herring at bay. And then that's obviously what the bass are just plowing are these little baby brown trout. So, you know, one thing led to another, we're catching a lot of fish. And then, uh, you know, the DRT USA rep was like, man, we appreciate all you've done, man. You've been, you know, we've been thinking about new colors and everything. Uh, you know, we, we talked and we want to, we want to partner with you guys doing your own custom shop color. And I was like, no freaking way. And I'm like, literally nobody nobody ever 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 i mean there's been a few companies uh duo realis came out with one brown trout colored thing and then i've seen a couple brown trout colored hinkles literally because i'm the one preaching brown trout and uh anyways that's 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 a, let's do a brown trout i sent him a picture of a brown trout a kid had caught on a jerk bait out of a local lake they sent me back some color options on some on some paint and uh the bait sure as heck man ended up uh he sent me a sent me a, a, a sample of it. I loved it. Said this is the color, and uh, yeah. So that's what's that's what's happening. We've got a ton of baits coming. We have, which is funny. So I have, I have three. I have fifteen hundred tiny clash coming, mm-hmm. and fifteen hundred clash nine coming. So three thousand either you know fifteen hundred TKs, fifteen hundred K nine. Yeah. And then I've got like a hundred ghosts. I think I've got like a hundred frenzies. I got a, a ton of stuff. A couple, a couple, uh, um, oh gosh, what's the Joker? Joker. Yep. So, you know, uh, I think I've got like a hundred jokers, but, uh, you know, so that, that's what we got going on. But everyone's like, oh yeah, the TK outsells the Clash 9 like 10 to 1. And I'm like, oof, God, well, we're going to sit on Clash 9s for a while because. I thought everybody, I thought you just, I thought when you bought a Clash 9, you bought a tiny Clash. Like, I just thought it was one to one sales. I didn't realize yeah. how many people buy those smaller baits. Because when I think about it, I'm like, golly, the brown trout they stock, a lot of them are like already nine to 15 inches. So I'm yeah. like, I want the bigger bait. But, uh, anyways, and like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in the K9. I think the K9 is, is, is the bait out of the two baits. So. Right. And uh, did you guys get a custom uh, color tail or what, what tail color does it come with? Uh, they have one that's kind of like a brown. It looks really pretty. It's not oh, like, so like the, the, is it the new moon, the walleye color one, like that color? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the, that's the color tail that'll come on the brown. So. Heck yeah, dude. That'll be, that's yeah. so freaking sick. That's oh, it's so, so awesome. great. So you want to hear something terrible? Oh gosh. What's that? I, lo- I lost the sample two days ago. Oh my gosh. I was cranking. I had I had a customer cast it and hit a rock and I was like, it looks like it's sinking. And oh, uh, no. anyway, so I, I drilled a hole and I filled it with foam. So it started floating again. And it actually floated like what when you say it's like it's you know, all these baits are slow float. 
This yeah. thing is like slow, slow float. It's almost suspending. Well, the other day I'm cranking with it and uh, I get hung up. I got my rod tip down and I'm cranking this into this tree and uh, it gets hung up. And uh, I just kind of like, you know, just kind of like try to pop it real quick because sometimes it's just the bill caught up on, on, a, on a stick or something. Yeah. Well, I just kind of like gently kind of pop. But when I do, the line breaks kind of middle of my line, but way down in the water. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. So I run over, I put the rod tip in the water and I'm just trying to fish for my line. I'm like, trying to okay. get my Yeah. Yeah. And I, I never got it. And I, I texted, I texted the DRT USA rep and I'm like, dude, I lost it. And he said, well, good thing. I actually have two samples. It's the other ones on the way to you. I was like, oh my Perfect. God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was shook up, dude. I was like, no, but anyways, yeah. So. That's freaking brutal. Um, kind of you, you talk about the K nine and stuff. What uh, are you just running stock DRT hardware on that, or do you like to switch it out with anything certain, or does it not really matter to you? Man, they come with uh, they come. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed, but one ST thirty six hooks are unbelievably hard to get, and it's because I think all of them that they're making are going the DRT to DRT. put on their flash nines and their that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Literally you can't find them. And that's what that's what's on them is owner ST thirty sixes. So the only thing I have, I have BKK one aughts, the super slicks, um, they are they're like almost the identical hook as the ST thirty six. They yeah. look the same, uh as in the bend size and everything. The BKKs look like they're made out of like that uh I don't even know what it's called. It just they have a little bit more of a dull finish, like a tin mm-hmm. nickel finish, but they're really strong. Oliver actually turned me on to them. Um, you know, Oliver, Oliver and I have been out on the water a few times together. He's a good buddy of mine. And uh, anyways, he's like, "Yeah, dude, I've just been using these when the ST thirty sixes get dull." And I'm like, "All right, cool, thanks." But yeah, other than that, I mean, really, just just stock hardware. Um, you know, when I when I'm using the Clash Nine, I there's the deep diver lip. Uh, there's the standard lip. Those are the only two lips that I really fish with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have it, you know, just the standard tail that it comes with the whale tail. Uh, you know, I just either turn it up or turn it down. I don't. Oh, and I fish, I fish the, uh, variable, the varial tail, the uh, one that has the rounded corners. Yeah. Yep. Because it has more of a serpentine action, almost like a triple trout wood or something. It's crazy that just literally rounding the corners. rounding tails oh my gosh dude, it's so crazy i didn't believe it until i got one i know i'm like i didn't know that just simply rounding the tail would change the action that much in the bait and it does it's like what the heck but yeah so anyways they're they're so innovative man i mean even like ah dude i could talk about so many things about the bait from like okay one is you know how many freaking baits lose like their tails that have tail inserts yeah, I've like never, never never lost a tail. Never lost the Clash Nine tail. How about this? Like a depth two fifty, the hooks are spaced out about five inches apart, and when the depth two fifty folds, they're like four and three quarter inches apart. So they they stay pretty far apart. Uh huh. The, the Clash Nine, when it folds down, the the hooks are two inches apart from each other, but don't foul up. Damn. So you think about when a fish eats it, it folds that bait. All of a sudden, all the treble hook in the bait is all right there. That's why you get better hookup ratio. Or how about the hook on the Clash 9 is actually slid up the chest closer to the head for when those fish headshot it, they get hooked up under their chin way better than a Depths 250 and a Gancraft and all these other swim baits. I mean, like, there's so many details. 
that go in these baits, the hooks never foul up on the side of the bait. I don't care what swim bait you throw, it, the, your hooks are going to get fouled up on the side of the boat, uh, on the side of the bait. They never get fouled. They never foul the side of the bait. I've never had a hook foul the bill. I mean, just like these little intricacy details of just like how to move these hooks in certain areas and how this bait will fold down. They dude, all these things result in a bait that is so efficient. And then we're, like, I'm not even talking about the action of the baits right now. I'm just talking about the simple hookup ratios, the fishability of these. Now you impart the action that these baits have. They are, dude, they are out of a dream, man. It's like the, the, you know, Ken Huddleston and, and, uh, he talked about how he felt like God gave him the vision for the Huddleston in a dream. He was yeah. like, I was dreaming one day and I just like, I had, I was sleeping and I had this dream of this bait and like, it's just so innovative and groundbreaking. The Huddleston was like the first thing of its kind. You look at this DRT clash baits and they are so far superior innovative, like innovation wise than any other bait I've ever seen. I mean, like I tell people, the only bait that I know that is even remotely close to as versatile would probably be a Sanko. <laughs> you could, because you can like power drop shot a Sanko. You can wacky rig a Sanko. You can Carolina rig a Sanko. Carolina, but it's yeah. still it, a Texas rig. You can do everything with a Sanko. But the reality is the Sanko just stays as a Sanko. You're really just applying different rigs to it. Mm -hmm. This bait, you change one thing, whether it's the lip, you change the lip, take the lip out, put a different tail in. It has entirely different actions. Just yeah, like it, entirely different bait. Crazy. There's and, uh, there's been a couple guys on here that, that talk to me and they're asking like how I fish my TK and I'm breaking it down and they're like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of ways to fish it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's, there's what, four tails? No. Yeah, three tails, four different bills. I'm like, and then you can fish it without a bill. And they're like, oh my God. And then you can flip those tails upside down and do stuff. And they're like, oh, like. You can fish it like 16. No, it would be more than 16, but you can just fish it with a crazy amount of ways. It's, it's wild. Oh, it's, un, it's unreal. And all of those, and I, and I, I have some, you know, I just, there's a couple ways I fish it that work for me. Um, you know, one is just standard, how it comes in the box, standard lip in it, that tail kind of angled up. Um, you know, the deal with it, that, that tail's angled up. It actually catches water the way the, the water comes across the back of that bait. When it hits that tail as it's that that whale tail as it's faced up, it wants to bring the nose of the bait up. Well, then all of a sudden you have the bill trying to force the bait down. So those two those two physics are fighting against each other, which makes that crazy roll action just bizarre roll action. And it gets it has that just violent, violent swim, and that's what gets bit. And then likewise, you take the whale tail and you flip it upside down, and then you take the lip out of it, and now that whale tail's making that nose get down. And then the natural arc of that back in the line time, now you can get that thing down as a glide bait in four and five foot of water. It's like, those are the two main ways I fish the bait. Uh, you know, that would be tail uh, in mode A and lip in, and then tail in mode B, lip out. Those are, you know, those, I guess that's how the DRT guys would say it. But that's by far the most effective thing that I found fishing those baits and how I use them. And, uh, and then I use the deep, uh, the deep lip rather, with the tail facing up in mode A for the Clash 9, you know, if I want to tickle brush in 12, 15 foot of water. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh my gosh, you want to talk about just disgusting bites. 
Like if you see a school of big largemouth suspended on brush in 50, you know, 20 foot of water, 15 foot of water, and you reel that thing over them and watch them absolutely come to destroy that thing's life, it's unreal on live scope. You're like, holy God. <laughs> yeah, dude, I believe it. And I haven't, you- I haven't caught two fish at one time yet, but I've hooked up four different times with two fish at one time. Gosh. Wow. One time, <laughs> one time was with smallmouth. Oh my gosh, dude. That's yeah. ridiculous. I'm like every year, I'm like, this is the year it's going to happen because our fish wolf pack and they're just so, uh, they're so competitive when they're feeding against each other. But yeah, it's, it's happened four times where I put two fish at the same time. And I've, I've only landed one of those fish all four times. So. Dang dude. That's so crazy. Our, yeah. uh, two things. Are you fishing them with a snap or are you just doing direct tie? Well, the Clash 9 comes with that O-ring. Uh-huh. Pulling out another one. It comes with the O-ring, and then it comes with that solid O-ring. And uh, I just fish it just totally like that. Okay. Just literally how it comes. It comes with a, it looks like a hyperwire size 5 O-ring. Yeah. It has that solid O-ring. I just tie straight to that solid O-ring. And, yeah, I just fish it just like that. And uh, yeah, don't have any, don't have any problems fishing it like that. And then the other thing is, I watched your. Uh, do you fish the? Um, you said you didn't have any tiny clashes, but did you utilize that? Uh, what is it the TK thirteen? Did you fish that a lot? I watched one video on it today. I I freaking made five casts with the DTK thirteen. I caught how big was that fish in the video? I forgot, like four pounds. Yeah, something like that, I think. It, it was like a four-pounder, and then uh, I had just, I literally, dude, I mean, I I went home. I, I think I ended up maybe catching one more fish that day I wasn't recording or something. I don't know. I ended up going back to the tackle shop, and a guy was like, what do you want for that bait? And I'm like, dude, I, I'm going to utilize this. Like, I freaking called him today on it. And he goes, he goes, like, I'm willing to pay whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, they're just like a hundred bucks. He's like, yeah, but they're impossible to get. Low supply, high demand. He's like, I'm willing to pay. I'm like, I don't know, dude, four hundred. And he literally went one, two, three, four, and handed me four fun tickets. And I was like, okay, the bait's yours. <laughs> like, so damn, anyway. dude. Yeah, he he gave me four fun tickets, and I said, all right, thanks. I'm gonna, you can have it. I got, you know. So that's anyway. crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, dude, I just, it's absurd. I mean, and dude, people are going to spend their money on, people are going to spend their money on whatever they want to spend money on. And hey, I'm like, hey, if you want to, if you want to spend, you want to spend some fun tickets on some big baits, homie, I got some to sale. Yeah. Dang, dude. That's freaking, that's so awesome, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's nice being, you know, and it's just, I tell guys, it, it's, it's tough to make it in this industry. You know, like, like in, in a tackle business, like I, I can't really afford, like, like I pay my guys a fair living wage. Like they, they I think they do pretty well, uh, you know, for being in the fishing industry and regionally, like we have a lower cost of living. We live in a more rural area, you know, so I think they do pretty well, you know, but the, really the perks of the perks of the business are like, they do really well making tips on guides and then. Dude, they can. I'm like, dude, if you want to freaking trade baits, and as long as you buy the bait for retail price from the store, or even we'll give them like a, our guide discount or something, I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you're, you're free to, 
you know, get baits. And if you want to upsell them or put like, if that's your, that's your deal, man. Like if you want, and it's an extra way like for them to get their hands on rare baits and, if, and, and make some extra money and it keeps them happy. And yeah. So I'm like, I'm cool with it. So. Heck yeah, man. That's, <clears throat> that's so sick, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, uh, closing it down a little bit. How can people get in contact for you if they're in the area and they want to, they want to have a good time on the water, catch some DRT fish. Yeah, man. All they got to do is just Google search Dreamcatchers fishing, or if they just search any lake in Western North Carolina, North Georgia, upstate South Carolina uh, on YouTube, if they just type in, hey, fishing Lake James, fishing lake, whatever, any lake in Western North Carolina, upstate South Carolina, North Georgia, you'll find a ton of YouTube content. And then, uh, you know, they, they can call the shop 828-354-0250. They can also visit dreamcatcherguides.com or our online tackle shop, dreamcatchersfishing.com. And, uh, you know, I always tell everybody because, you know, every we, you know, we get hinkles in. We get crazy baits that are hard to find. And just randomly, you know, we order, you know, we're a hinkle. We retail hinkles. But uh, we get crazy baits in from time to time on trades or people looking to sell or something happens. And they're just like, hey, I've got some some bait that has a P on it. And I'm like, oh, God, that's a pig, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, you're in a desperate time. I'll buy it for, from you for some money or whatever. So, you know, we just get random baits in. The best thing to do is just follow us on Instagram at Dreamcatchers Fishing NC. Um, it used to be just Dreamcatchers Fishing, and then we had multiple locations. So then I tried to, and then someone ended up getting Dreamcatchers Fishing out from under me. And I'm like, that was kind of stupid. So now it's Dreamcatchers Fishing NC. But if, if someone just types in Dreamcatchers and then puts an F, it'll come up fishing. And yeah see a bunch of donkeys and swim baits and crap on our page so yeah man and like as always all the uh the instagram and stuff in the youtube channel will be linked in the description i will say if if like you want to buy you know tks or something when they're up on the site put your post notifications on i mean granted the other day you only had a couple of those hinkle shad but how fast those things sell out how how quick was or like the hinkle fins you guys get hinkle fins, not necessarily on a regular basis, but you guys do get them, and those are hard to come by. Yeah, I mean, dude, just, you just never know. I mean, we had a waiting list. We had a waiting list for guys who are like, oh, yeah, hey, put me on the waiting list. Yeah. I felt really bad the other day because we I had some guys. <laughs> yeah, we had some guys on the waiting list, and I, I would call them and be like, hey, you're on the waiting list. Do you want one now? And they're like, oh, no, I don't want one. And I'm like, all right, well, I went down like four or five guys, and all of them were being pains in the asses. And I'm like, I'm like, are, these things are literally, if I post these online, they are going to sell in five minutes. And I, I, I just put them out there and said, hey, I'm just sick of dealing with waiting list people. Everyone's being a little B. So just buy these things. And sure enough, they sold in five minutes. And then literally the next guy, a guy called him and was like, hey, man, I saw your post, but I was on the waiting list and I didn't get a call. And I was like, oh, man, like, you know, who?" I was like, you were literally the next one in line. He goes, dude, I'd have bought all four of them for whatever the hell you told me to buy them for. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, like, my bad. I, I felt like, you know, I kind of did them dirty. But at the same time, man, freaking so, some people ruin it for everybody, ruin right? It. Man, exactly. And then we got we got a bunch of a bunch of DRT baits in the other day. We actually still have a couple ghosts up on our website. Kind of sneaky. We only have a few left. Um, we, I actually ended up not making a post cause everybody, a lot of people wanted the TKs. Well, all we got like 30 TKs in every single one of them sold in store that oh day. My gosh. Wow. Yeah. Usually, usually I get them in and I'm like, you know, I, I'll hold like 10 back for locals and they'll yeah, sit on the yeah. shelf for a few days. 
literally we got 30 baits in. I just had put up a story and then a lot of people were calling the shop like locals. And I'm like, dude, yeah, like get them like whatever. We don't sell in the shop today. We're going to put up on the website. They all ended up selling in the shop and on the first day. And I'm like, holy cow, like that's nuts. So then we ended up not putting any TKs up. And then uh, we kind of just have been kind of slowly putting ghosts or not ghosts, uh, jokers out on the uh, on the website. So we still have like one queen joker or two queen jokers maybe left in stock and a couple lightning or chartreuse lightning or whatever it is. I mean, it's a it's a bright bait. But uh, we still have a couple of those up on the website. But yeah, man, just dreamcatchersfishing.com. Follow, follow our Instagram page. Like you said, put post notifications on uh, as we get down the road. You know, that's kind of the deal. And then, uh, you know, as far as uh, the fishing app goes, uh, you know, that's super big. We're going to be rolling that out more and more here in the coming uh, weeks and months. So you'll hear a lot about that. And uh, that, believe it or not, I'm super excited about the DRT color, but I'm actually most excited about that app. I think it has the potential to change people's lives. So, yeah, dude, that'll be that'll be so sick. And when you guys hear this, there's probably maybe some stuff out about it, so you guys will have an idea, and then you'll get to hear this, and you'll you'll get to kind of get a full circle on what hasn't been said or what would have been teased a little bit. So that'll be that'll be cool for the people who listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been teasing people on podcasts saying, yeah, we're coming out with something that's going to change the fishing industry, and everyone's like. What like what is it? And I don't think anybody has even grasped the potential of of what we're doing. So yeah, dude, that's so freaking sick. But like I said, uh, if you guys you know need anything, you got, you guys have conventional stuff too at the shop, or is it mostly just oh, yeah. Straight, straight oh, yeah. we sell we sell trout fishing stuff, fly fishing stuff, conventional stuff. I mean, we've got everything from crappy jigs to Ned rigs to freaking DRTs and Hinkles, man. I mean, it is like. It's a pretty cool little store. Um, you know, tack, the tackle industry is just kind of a pain in the butt because you'll get somebody that comes in and says, you got any purple nurple flake worms? And then you yeah. order 25. He's like, I'll buy all 25 of them. And then you never, never see the guy again. Or he buys two bags and then he, they end up not working. And yeah, I freaking I freaking hate dealing with, with tackle stuff. But it's just part of the deal, man. But it's a great business and we have fun. And like I said, at the end of the day, we just I really enjoy serving our customers and uh, seeing guys reeling their dreams. That's my deal. Yeah, man, that'll be sick. Um, we'll we'll have to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've listened to any or kept up like on the Instagram or anything. But I'm actually doing a magazine, uh, a, a quarterly magazine. So maybe I'll have to have you write up an article about some DRT baits in the next one. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet, I think. Yeah, man, that'd be that'd be great. I'm. I don't know. I I feel very proficient with the baits. You know, there's a lot of guys that are really good with them. Just I've. I've been able to put a lot of fish in the boat with these things. I just really believe that. So I'd love to do that. Heck yeah, man. But uh, like I said, all the, all the dream catcher stuff will be in the description. So you guys, if you guys need to already you know some new tails or hooks or, you know, even, even if you need to buy some Senkos, he won't, Austin won't say anything when he sees that order come through. It'll just get packaged and shipped discreetly <laughs> to your door. <laughs> That's exactly. I won't make fun of you. No, honestly, I love, I, I, I use Senkos every, every day with guy customers. So it's all good. Heck yeah, man. So like always, if you guys need anything, make sure you guys check out Dream Smashers. Like I said, the website and the Instagram will be in the description so you guys can follow them. Um, when you guys are hearing this, I'm sure all the, wow, this is going to come out like in like two weeks, I think. Uh, so all the magazines will probably be sold out, but if you guys want more, uh, maybe I'll do another batch of 50 or 100, depending on what your guys' uh, interest rate is on those. Um, but yeah, this episode's too far to 
talk about anything else that I don't know of. So make sure you guys follow the podcast Instagram if you don't already. Scales and Tails underscore podcast. Make sure you guys rate the podcast on your listening platform. And I guess if there's any magazines or monthly stickers left for the giveaway, uh, the giveaway will be with Fall 74. I don't know what we're doing yet, but we got the sticker design and everything. So if any of that stuff is still up on the site, make sure you guys go grab that and enter the giveaway for the stickers and make sure you guys go grab a magazine if there's any left. But I want to thank Austin for coming on. I hope you guys uh, learned a lot of just about his, like, just his adventure, I guess, really. We didn't even really get to touch on the fishing stuff more, so... We'll have to come back to that on a later date and talk about like the fishing and break down what you're doing. But I think it was a super good episode, and uh, I think it's going to be very entertaining for people to listen to. Oh, man. Well, like I said, man, I just, I just care about seeing people live their best life and get out there and get after it and make their dreams come true. That's why we're dream catchers, man. So we're all Thank about you. it, and I appreciate your time. I appreciate you inviting me on. We'd love to come back when we get that app rolling more and – we dropped the DRT color, the collab color. Got a lot, man. A lot of exciting things happening we can talk about down the road. So, Heck yeah, dude. So like always, like I said, I want to thank Austin for coming on. I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you guys next time. See you guys.